Hi, this is Jojo with Words of Love and today I wanted to briefly discuss mental slavery. So what I want to talk about here is how being super religious has hindered me from being my best self, personal growth, pursuing my goals and career path and things like that. It's affected me in a big way because here's the thing, as a Christian, it's like you have your own hopes and dreams. You There's things you want to do in your life, but there's a conflict because there's a scripture that says the flesh and the spirit is at war with each other. How do you how do you win that? How do you win that? The spirit and the flesh are at war with each other. So you have your hopes and dreams you want to do for yourself, right? But then we're taught that you're supposed to do what God wants you to do. Not what you want, but what God wants you to do. So now your life has to be about not what you want to do, but what God's will for your life is. So that means you can't do what you want to do. Because if you were to take the path that would please you, then you, in your own mind, you'll be sinning by going for what you want to do because you're not doing what God's will. For a lot of my life, it's like I didn't know what God's will for my life was. I'm just praying and waiting and guessing. I know what talents and gifts I have and I would dabble into that, but it did not bring me career success, in other words. So you pray, you wait, is this God's will? Is that God's will? Oh, I shouldn't do that because that's probably Satan's territory. I shouldn't do that because, you know, maybe God doesn't want that for me. So it's like, your life is like, not your life really, you know? It's not really your life because you're a servant to the Lord and you have to do what he wants you to do. Otherwise, you're not gonna make it to the kingdom. Even though there's a scripture that says that the kingdom of heaven is within, you still have to strive for an external heaven for your after. Life. So this life here, you have to dedicate it to the Lord and prepare for your afterlife while you're living here. Because if you don't, you're going to suffer for all eternity for not doing that. And the thing about that ideal is that I often wonder who would sign up for that. Like if I'm already in the spirit realm, about to be born, and I know what faces me. I know I'm risking eternal fire if I don't get it right. If I don't confess Jesus, if I don't live righteous, I'm risking eternal hell. Why? Why would I risk that? Who in their right mind would risk that? Because if you're already in the spirit realm with the Lord before he puts you in a body as a baby, why would you want to take the risk of eternal hellfire? Who who would want to do that? Who would sign up for that? Like, you know, some people say the spirit isn't formed yet until the child is conceived, yada, yada, yada. Well, we all know, most people know that we're eternal beings. And if we're eternal beings, then that means we never die. Most people think that afterlife is two places, heaven or hell. And depending on how you do here, will determine your fate afterwards. Now, at this time, I believe there's consequence for every action, so you're not getting away with anything. But I'm struggling where I feel like I have this life not to enjoy it, not to do things that will please me and, and make me happy, but I'm actually here to pursue God's will so that I can be approved in my afterlife. That's what I struggle with because it's like, why would I want to even exist if I can't be happy and enjoy my life, what sense does that make? To me, that is a form of mental slavery when you feel like your life isn't yours and that you're a slave to another person's will and you have to do their will for your life. Otherwise, if you do what pleases you, you're going after 
the flesh. Here's the thing. According to that logic, because of original sin, right? We're born as sinners and we need a savior to save us from our sins. We're evil, basically. So what happens when a baby is born? Because of because of original sin, the baby is born a sinner. We're all born as sinners. Uh, something happens. The baby passes away shortly after being born. So that means the spirit of that baby goes to hell because they didn't have a chance to confess Jesus and to be saved. Now, some will say, oh, well, there's an exception for babies. It's the age of accountability, blah, blah. But, but there's no specific age of accountability. There's no account for what age is the age of accountability. There's nothing like that found in scripture. But according to the logic of us being born as sinners and the original sin, babies who lose their lives go straight to hell because they can't confess Jesus and, and be saved for their sin. Because we're born sinners, right? Original sin. So babies go to hell. They don't get a chance to repent for their sin, according to this logic here. And I was discussing with my son the other day how unfair it is if a mass murderer who who got some sick joy and satisfaction out of murdering his victims, if he were to confess Jesus on his deathbed, he gets eternal life. He gets to bake it in. But someone who's lived a good life all their life and helped people and just was an overall great person and great human being, they don't confess Jesus on their deathbed. So now they're doomed to eternal hellfire because they did not confess Jesus and they, were, they weren't saved for their sins. So what fairness is that? Is that Does that sound fair? Like what logical sense does that make? See, me as a mother, I love all my children. No matter what mistakes they made, I'm always going to love them. I would never wish for permanent punishment for them. Will I punish them for something they did that they shouldn't? Yeah, but those punishments are temporary so that they can learn their lesson. There's lessons to learn, you know. I'd want them to learn a lesson so that they won't repeat their mistake. But would I want to permanently punish them forever because of a mistake they've made? Usually children don't ask for forgiveness. They'll say sorry, but that's only because they're caught or whatever, but usually they're not really sorry. So because they failed to apologize, now I want permanent punishment for them. Like as a loving parent, if you wouldn't do that to your own children, why would a creator who loves his creation do that to us? Why would eternal torment be something that a loving, unconditional, loving, agape love creator, why would they want that for us? I'm just saying, I feel like it's been a mental trap to think like this. And this is how I thought most of my life. So I, I told my son, I feel like I wasted most of my life. I'm almost 40 now. I feel like most of my life went to waste because I had a lot of fear. I feared the Lord. I wanted to do things right. I wanted to do God's will. It was an inner conflict all my life. Well, most of my life because I felt like if I were to do what pleases me, then I'm being an evil sinner, just not living right. If I were to do what makes me happy. So now I got to figure out what God wants for me whatever that is I have to pray and wait and just try to tiptoe and try to be the perfect sinless person that I can be so that I can be accepted and approved in my afterlife which means a miserable existence now but I'm striving for a happy existence later on that that, that sounds pretty darn miserable and pathetic if you ask me and at this point I don't see any reward for being that way and thinking like that. I don't see any reward for trying to be a perfect 
sinless, righteous person who only wants to please God and do what he wants, even though I don't know what that is as far as career-wise, because as Christians, being poor is like, God has a special plan. It's easier for, what's that saying? It says it's easier for a poor man to get to heaven than for a rich man to get through a need of eye, something like that. So basically, you're better off being poor than being rich, because if you have rich and success, then your chances of getting to heaven is slimmer. But if you accept poverty and accept Jesus, then you're better off you know with your eternal life and stuff like that so but it's like the scripture says heaven the kingdom of heaven is within so if that means the kingdom of heaven is within me why would I not want to acquire some wealth right here because you need to live here you need money to live here so it's like while you're over here preparing your treasure in a spiritual world trying to prepare for an afterlife meanwhile you need food now you need a place to live now you need money now so while you're trying to save up your treasure for heaven and the afterlife you still need to eat right now you still need transportation you still need to figure that out so like does it make sense does it make sense to not want or deny yourself any type of wealth or riches and just settle for a minimalist life because you're storing up your treasures in heaven because it seems like the only one that benefits from our poverty mindset and being a believer in the Lord and just preparing for the afterlife and forget about this life now let's accept poverty now so that we can be rich later on in the kingdom after we die the only people that benefit from that is the churches and the pastor and the church pimps you know and the oppressors the powers that shouldn't be they're the only ones who benefit from our mindset being set to just store up our treasures for in heaven and forget about right now forget about feeding ourselves now and being being happy now and living a happy life now and it's getting to the point where you you can't really have just one job and afford a place to live on your own it's like now either you have multiple jobs to make your rent or you're doing the roommate thing you have to have strangers living with you to make sure that rent gets paid it's to that point there is no minimum wage job that's gonna afford you your own place you could probably rent a room at best but even then you might still need more than one job depending on where you live so it's like why wouldn't you want to acquire wealth so that you can have everyday comforts everyday comforts of having your own space without having to share it with people you don't even know having a lavish place having a comfortable place it's like why wouldn't you want that like what's wrong with that what's so sinful about wanting excess What's so simple about wanting your cup to runneth over? It's hard to be free and free yourself and go for what you want while also believing that there is a, a God you need to serve and you need to follow his will. Otherwise, you're not doing the right thing. It's hard to have that belief system and thrive. At some level, you feel unworthy because you're a sinner and you need to be saved and you need to constantly repent for your sins so that you don't die in your sin and it's like it creates inner conflict inner chaos how do you live a happy fulfilling life with that mindset when you're trying to do what God's will is and how do you figure that out pray and wait I don't know I feel like we all are gods that's what the scripture says so why can't we create what we want? If we were made in God's image, why can't we create like God did too? He gave us some of his power. 
Jesus said, my father and I are one. So why can't we be one with the father too? We're his creation. Wasn't Jesus his creation too? So why can't that apply to us? Why aren't I and my father one? Why can't I have authority over my life and do what pleases me without feeling like I'm a bad person for doing it? Because when you have this concept of original sin and being a sinner and needing to be saved, it's like you have to live your entire life on eggshells because there's two different ways of Christianity. There's one, I have family members that believe this, that once saved, always saved. So that means you just believe on them and you just live your happy life doing whatever you want, sin or not. It's not your works that saves you, it's your faith. But then there's the other part that says faith without works is dead. So that means your faith isn't working if you're not living righteously. So you have to live righteous and you have to repent. You have to be in constant repentance of your sin because you're probably thinking a sinful thought sometime in a day so you gotta repent for that don't masturbate that's a sin you repent for that don't get horny don't lust after anyone you gotta repent for that it's like it'll make you it'll make you crazy okay it'll make you a crazy person think like that like at what point do you just want to be free and just live a happy life like come on now my point is there's so much conflict so much conflict that trying to walk on eggshells being a perfect Christian and then trying to live a happy life at the same time and then the scripture says the flesh and the spirit are at war so that means you have to overcome your flesh by denying yourself everything you want because you need to be righteous you want to please the Lord so that means deny yourself all joy and all happiness and doing what God's will I remember you know interacting with these other ladies they were part of a religious group that I was participating in we were all doing a prayer and she said you know if it's your will for her and it's like to me that sounds powerless because that means there's a possibility you can't have what you want because it needs to be in God's will for you to have it. So that means you have to kind of leave it up to faith. In that logic, with that thinking, you have to leave your desires up to, to God, basically. There's a scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom and he'll give you all the desires of your heart. Well, I've been seeking the Lord most of my life and did I receive all the desires of my heart? No, I have not. Um, but then the scripture says the kingdom of heaven within you so that means we need to go within ourselves and seek ye first the kingdom and that's where all of our treasure is in heaven you know because if you're not living a happy fulfilled life then to me that's a sin that is what you call sin because you're wasting your life and like I said I told my son I feel like I wasted most of my life because of fear fear of not being perfect fear of not doing God's will fear of being you know just not living righteous enough and it's like I'm looking back and I'm like Oh my goodness. If I could do a do-over, I would have freed myself from, from just religion as a whole. I would have freed myself from limiting my thinking to the Bible. And I would have freed myself to be who I really am and just do what makes me happy. Choose whatever career path that excites me instead of sitting around thinking, oh, but that might not be God's will for my life. He might not want me to do that. It might not be his will. That's a fearful state to be in. That's how I lived most of my life. And it was miserable. I could tell you it was a miserable existence thinking that way because that means anything I do that pleases me it's like 
I can't feel happy about it because now I don't know if it was God's will that I do that. I did that because I wanted to. But was it God's will? Did he approve? Does he approve? So it's like that feels like you're not good enough. That way of thinking feel like you're not good enough. You have to constantly feel like you need to seek the approval of the Lord. And you know, it's like, ugh. It's hard to have high self-esteem, confidence, and then have to repent every minute and feel like you're a born sinner who needs to be saved. You're evil, you're imperfect, and you're striving for perfection. But now, don't do what it is you want to do. See what God's will is, and you gotta figure that out. And I don't know, there's a lot of people out here on YouTube talk about God said this, God said that. And it's like, oh, they have a direct connection with God, but you don't. I believe they're just talking to their higher self, their inner self, up. They're going within, getting this information, and saying, God, God told you. Okay, but I feel like the scripture says, you are all gods. I feel like we're all gods and goddesses. That's what our ancestors live. Egypt, the Kemetic people, the Egyptians, they were their own gods and goddesses. And I feel like they were power. They walked in their power, lived in their power. And I feel like we need to get back to that instead of constantly living in fear, walking on eggshells. I just feel like, why do we exist? There's a scripture that says, for it is the duty of man to fear the Lord and keep his commands. And that's how I lived most of my life. Fear the Lord and did my best to keep his commands, even though I failed to keep all the commands. So I just never felt right. I just lived life never feeling good enough because I wasn't able to be perfect according to the scriptures. And so what a horrible existence. What a waste of an existence. You just constantly be in fear, constantly feel like you're not good enough, constantly feel like you have to be this perfect being that God wants you to be for your life. And you'll never get there. Isn't that crazy? Because the only thing you have is right now. And I was tired of being in that fear energy. It's impossible to be in that fear energy of fearing the Lord because it says the Bible says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom so you kind of have to be in that fear energy even though there's a scripture that says fear not you have to be fearless and the Lord is your strength but you also have to fear him so you do have to have fear it preaches fear. It, it makes you crazy. On one hand, it's saying fear the Lord. On the other hand, say be fearless. The Lord is your confidence, but I have to fear him. So I'm not that confident because I have to fear him because I'm a sinner. I'm not good enough. I have to repent. Yada, yada, yada. Oh my goodness. It's mental slavery and I'm freeing myself from it. I have freed myself from it, but it's not an overnight thing, you guys. It takes a while because this is a programming that's been ingrained through bloodlines you know generations of generations of believing this and I feel like it really jacked me up because you know instead of having love for myself genuine self-love no I didn't have love for myself because I was a sinner who needed to be saved who needed to repent all the time because I was always sinning it's impossible for me to not be sinning because I'm a sinner and you know simple thought will cross your mind at least once in a day so you got to repent for that and if you believe once saved, always saved, okay, well, that's another way of being. And it was hard for me to believe that too. Because once saved, always saved, that means you can do what you want. You can be as evil as you want. You can kill all the people you want to kill. But because you believe in Jesus, you're just fine. That's what that sounds like to me. Once saved, always saved. So the other way felt more righteous to me because you got to live a righteous life. So that you will make it in the kingdom. Because it's a narrow road, right? It's a narrow path. I'm stressful talking about this, but I'm gonna say that religion has done a number on me and to me it's it's a mental slavery and I had to free myself from it. 
So it's like, now what? If you don't believe in God and the Bible, then you're lost, so, and you need to repent, and you're gonna go, blah, blah, blah. I'm ready to be happy now. I'm ready to live a happy life. After 40 years of living life in fear, feeling like I'm a, you know, born sinner who needs to be saved, never perfect, never good enough, I'm just ready to be happy now. I'm ready to live a happy life. And that means, for me, being at peace in my spirit and in my mind at all times, thinking thoughts that please me, that's joyous, that's loving. That means being happy in my mind and my heart and my spirit at all times and telling myself nice things. That means affirming good things about myself. Something I haven't done because, you know, when you feel like you're a sinner and you gotta repent, that produces low self-esteem low confidence or non-existent confidence for that matter but yeah i tell myself good things i affirm nice things i'm just ready to live a happy peaceful life and i want to encourage you if you can get out of mental slavery because for me it was hard for me to be dedicated to the bible be a firm believer and live the life i want at the same time it was too much conflict because i could not get past having to repent all the darn time because i'm always feeling not good enough because i'm a sinner and always sinning and just you know guys will break open them with the messiah come in and you're not gonna make it what i feel like now is that i need to be at a high vibration i need my spirit to be at a high loving vibration when my ancestors return the gods the goddesses the higher beings when they return I know that my vibration needs to be high. I need to be at a loving energy because I feel like if I'm not, then I'm not gonna make it. I, I don't believe in the, the other Christian version of that because a lot of the Bible's content was stolen from the Egyptian text, but they were twisted in a way to give us less power, to control us more. I feel like I need to be at a high vibration. I need to be at a loving vibration. It just feels so much better. It feels so much better being happy and being a loving person and being filled with joy in my heart. It just feels so much better than being a lower vibe believer who thinks that, you know, who fears hell and judge everyone else, telling them they need to be at that same level, lower vibe, and be in that fear energy. It feels so much better to be a loving, happy person. And this is the route I wanna go. I wanna free myself from mental slavery and I prefer just being a happy person. It's, it's about time. I deserve to be happy. I'm worthy of happiness and joy rather than being in fear and feeling like I'm not good enough because I'm a sinner. That's all I want to say in this video. If you'd like to get in touch, please visit my website at wordsoflove.life. I thank you for watching. Have a blessed day.